welcome to the SBCA podcast, Component Connection. Hey, I am Molly Butts, and I'm here with Jess Lowe's, and we're going to talk a little bit today on Component Connection about quality control and quality assurance, and just sort of understanding the difference between the two, and then explaining a little bit about how component manufacturers can utilize both SBCA's in-plant program and digital QC programs, as well as understanding having an independent third party like SBCRI come in and do inspections in your plant. So um, without further ado, I'd like to say hello to Jess from across the uh, way here and say, how are you doing today? Good. How are you doing, Molly? Thanks for taking some time to talk about this. I am good. Just uh, had a nice little weekend and uh, it's sunny out today. So yeah, it feels like it's going to be a, a great week. Yeah. Anytime you get a chance to talk about uh, quality control and quality assurance, you know, things are looking up. So That's actually true. You know, um, I came into the industry with very little knowledge, but that was oh, a lot of years ago. <laughs> um, and it's really interesting the things that you learn as you uh, become more and more immersed in component manufacturing and sort of understanding everything that goes into it. Um, you know, I think from the outside, it can feel like a, a fairly simple task. But honestly, uh, from a business perspective, there's a lot that you need to take care of. And um, one of those things is making sure that you have good quality products that are going out into the market. And so, um, you know, having a good quality control program is the start of that. But then making sure that that is actually all coming to fruition the way that you expect it to and that um, you need to for various building code purposes requires that you have, you know, someone else taking a look at what you're doing, too, to make sure that you're maintaining it, which is where the quality assurance piece seems to come in. But I think let's just start by by defining that a little bit better. I think that that the difference between QC and QA can be a little confusing. So um, if you wouldn't mind just starting with talking a little bit about quality control and what that means for a component manufacturer. Well, quality control are the things that component manufacturers do inside of their plants. And that ranges from how your maintenance programs are on your equipment to you know, really what do the trusses look like that you know go out the door eventually. And that's you know, I've talked to a number of component manufacturers and nobody ever says we build a bad truss. You know, everybody thinks that they build the best trusses out there, which is a great place to start from. But really what your QC program does is it's your own process to solidify that or to verify that. And, and QC really, it, it's derived from TPA1 Chapter 3, which gets really technical really quick. But that lays out the guidelines that says that component manufacturers, if they're going to abide by the ANSI TPI requirements, need to have their own internal quality control program. And that internal aspect of it is, is all done by component manufacturers' employees. And that's a point that is sometimes lost because really component manufacturers just want everything to work. They don't want to have any problems. They want their trusses to be good, to be high quality, and to, to really get into the field and not have any complaints or any callbacks or anything with that. So, you know, really that's what the quality control program is, is it's your own inspections and what you do internally. Um, of course, TPI 1 Chapter 3 has some different requirements as far as the inspection frequency. Also, the uh, it's going to stipulate that you have a QC manual that lays out a lot of things. It's going to talk about how you manufacture the trusses, the organizational chart of your each specific location, those kind of things. And I'm sure everybody's familiar with it now that I'm talking about it, but it's, it's one of those things just to kind of set a foundation and to have a baseline for what we're talking about. Yeah, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah, of course, we all want to think that we make the best dresses, right? But having some processes and procedures in-house to ensure that that's what's happening makes absolutely a ton of sense. So 
let's say I've got my QC manual and, you know, we've got our inspection frequency down and things are looking pretty good. Um, how, how am I going to implement the next part of that, which is having this, this independent third party quality assurance person come in to um, make the process even better? Well, that's where it gets into kind of the code requirements. The IRC and IBC allows building inspectors to come in and look at your quality control program to look at how you build trusses, what you've got in there. So really think of the third party QA program or the quality assurance program as an alternative to the building inspectors coming inside of your plant and snooping around or inspecting or you know doing stuff that they're able to do. So what the building inspector looks for is that assurance letter from the QA or the quality assurance program to say, okay, somebody else has audited this, looked at it, and we don't have to go in and do it ourselves. Because obviously they've got, you know, their primary commitments of reviewing plans, going out on the job sites and inspecting buildings. They don't necessarily want to be going around to component manufacturers, locations and doing those things. So that's where the QA program comes in and allows really third party from the building inspector and then also the component manufacturer to have some sort of a, you know, verification that, that things are going the way that the component manufacturer laid out in their, their QC manual. Okay, I get that. So so basically you've got your QC program and then you're having a third party come in and look at what you're doing for QC and just verifying, validating that what you're doing is actually is actually producing the best trusses that you possibly can. Am I understanding that pretty well? Well, you know, I don't know exactly how much the QA gets into the overall quality of the trusses compared Basically, what they're looking at is they're making sure that you're doing or the component manufacturer is performing how they, the component manufacturer says they're going to. So if I were to have a booklet that says, okay, as a component manufacturer, I'm going to have these five steps or these five pages that I'm going to follow day in and day out. That QA inspector, you know, in a variety of different ways, looks at that, that I laid out, said, okay, are you doing one, two, three, four, five? Yes, you are. Check. Go off to the next thing. And that's really you know, the onus is on the component manufacturer to set it up to how they want to do it. And of course, the, really the overarching thing, there's the TPM in chapter three to where as long as it falls within those guidelines, the component manufacturer can say, yeah, I'm going to inspect my trusses standing on my head, you know, and they write that into the QC manual. The QA inspector comes in and looks at it. Okay. Well, he says he's going to do it on his head, but nope, he's doing it. Good job. Keep going. So, you know, and that's, that's really the freedom that the CM kind of has in this process. So I don't know if anybody really wanted to do that, but you know, maybe some people that are looking to, you know, spice up QC a little bit, they they might decide to do that for a quarter or two. But they better put it in their QC manual. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to just do it for fun. I mean okay. <laughs> We need to see that written down. No, I'm just kidding. Well, that I think that gives me a pretty good foundation for more of this conversation. Um can we talk a little bit about staff and kind of how this works? Because I've been, you know, like hearing about SVCRI and I've been hearing it about SVCA's digital QC and like they're not the same thing, but I'm a little confused about sort of where um, the lines are drawn. Can you maybe talk through that with me a little bit just so I have a, a good understanding of the difference between those two things? Yeah, and I'll back up a minute here. Just, you know, here a few years ago, I think it was probably 2017 or so, and it might be a year plus or minus on that, that the officers of SBCA decided that they wanted to have a different way to conduct QC in their plant. Um, at that point, everybody predominantly was using the vellum paper. They were going out in the field, or not in the field, but in their outside of their shops and in the weather. And 
you're doing their inspections that way. Some were indoors, some were out, some, you know, have open air plants. So it was a variety of ways. And they said, you know, there's got to be a better way of doing this. And I agree. I was there for part of that meeting and think that, okay, you know, this is a method that has not evolved in several years, probably since 1995. And there's got to be a better way of doing it over the last 20 years. So that was kind of the, you know, dipping the big toe in, into this to look into it. At the same time, SBCA was looking at how do they get into the quality assurance game? And there's still two different ways of going about this. So really what happened is SBCRI through SBCA's initiative kind of took over the TPI, meaning the Trust Plate Institute's third-party QA program. So it's two things happening in parallel is really what's going on here. And so they're, they're really two different things. So I guess to talk about the QC first, and to try to loop this back, the QC, those are bolt-on products, they're bolt-on features that I like to talk about that SBCA as a trade association provides for its members. Now, the old school method was the WTCA QC program, which basically took your inspections and inputted them into a database. And that worked for a number of people. There were some that loved it and you know probably still continue it to this day. And then there's others like me, when I was a component manufacturer, I didn't want to do that because... One, it was I'm a little more frugal. I'm a, I'm a baller on a budget. And especially when I was a component manufacturer, we just didn't have those things really readily available for those funds. And it just took a little bit more manpower. So we've, you know, I still have all the files, you know, file folders full of all the vellum paper and all of that. Didn't do that. Now, fast forward to what's going on today, and it's called Digital QC, and that's brought to us by SBCA. There's a number of team members there that are working on that, you know, really is that reimagined look at implant QC. And it starts with a tablet. It loads the files onto that tablet, which might be a little more manual today than hopefully what it is in the future. But essentially what you do is you start taking pictures. You're using a tablet to to photograph. And that's great for five years from now. We're going to be able to see that actual joint and what it looked like right after it came out of the press. And then it applies all of the same guidelines, all of the same requirements that the vellum paper did with those outputs to make sure that the QC is is happening in-house correctly or, you know, basically it goes through that whole process. And what it does for component manufacturers, is it speeds up the process. It takes it from, okay, I've got to figure out which trust they just pressed to go out and inspect it. I've got to basically print off these five different pieces of paper. I've got to go catch up with that trust now because it took me 15 minutes to do that. Do my first side inspection, measure it, look at all the joints, look at the lumber, you know, apply the vellum paper to the joints. And then, okay, now I got to flip it over and it's a big trust and I need to have somebody help me do that. And do the second side, and then I got to flip it back over so it's back on the stack nicely. And you know, really, Digital QC is trying to solve all of that. And I, I was kind of lengthy there in my explanation, just to let you all know that it, it's kind of a drawn out process, the old school method. So that's what Digital QC is trying to solve. It, it wants to make it quicker, and the hope is is that component manufacturers will conduct more inspections. That instead of having you know maybe nine data points in a week, that they could have ninety. And that is going to help for all the things that you can use QC for downstream. And it's one, it's management. It's, uh, you know, you mentioned when we started this, Molly, it's kind of an insurance program. Well, it's a type of insurance that if you've got all these data points saying we build quality trusses, you know, over the course of a year, I've got 2000 pictures of actual trust joints to look at. I'm building pretty good trust. It's not, you don't have to take my word for it no longer. And that, you know, downstream, if there's ever a question about an individual company's quality, you can bring that up. So that's really, you know, digital QC in a nutshell. Now on the SBCRI side, 
that's where the quality assurance program landed. Uh, makes sense because SBCRI is a test facility. It's got you know its own accreditations and those types of things, and has its own staff and how it's operated. It made sense to kind of put those two different staff groupings into two different silos to where they understand what's going on between them, but they're not really working together. And that's to make sure that you know digital QC remains a component manufacturer bolt on product. And the SBCRI really remains the quality assurance program that will be able to inspect various CMs, whether they're digital QC or not, they're QC programs. Okay. That helps square some things away for me, for sure. Um, I want to just uh, scoop back to the um, SBCA digital QC program that you're talking about. Um, that sounds like, A, a huge time saver, uh, B, a huge saver of paper and paperwork and that kind of thing. But it also seems like a digital QC program like that, especially if we could have more data points, might sort of lead us down a path to discovering some things about the way that we're manufacturing trusses in a way that we haven't been able to um, discover them before, honestly, just because we can see so much more about what's happening. I think we should talk a little bit more about that and what some of the benefits of using a program like Digital QC might bring to the manufacturing process. Well, yeah, by nature, the more you measure, the better it's going to be. You know, if if you measure something three times in the course of a week, you know, you're going to have that. But if you're doing it 10 times as much, it's just going to give you that much more information to improve your decision-making process. And from a management perspective, you know, one thing you're going to see productivity on different lines with different trusses because you're probably going to be able to take that data and look at, okay, well, you know, we're knocking them dead on our 40 foot commons, but, you know, when we get down into our sub 20 foot stuff, it seems like we're putting a lot of man hours or there's going to be things that people are probably doing already that this will just verify. But then if you look at, you know, machinery, if you've got a roller press that's wearing out, maybe your bottom cords aren't as deeply embedded. And then we're talking minuscule differences here. There's difference on those compared to what your top cord plates are. Well, you know, that bottom cord probably goes through almost every truss, unless it's a scissor, you know, at the same spot in the roller press. So that is you know, one example of an equipment option that will help let you know what's going on there. And then, you know, you could probably understand night shift versus day shift. There's a lot of different things. And that's one of the cool things features of digital QCs, it puts us all automatically into a dashboard that people can understand and to read without having to take those vellum paper things. And it was raining when you did one inspection. So is that a two or a three? If you're writing down a number on your measurement, you don't have to do that. It's entered right, you know, one data entry, and then it goes poof into that database. So that's one aspect that people are going to have immediate feedback on. As far as the future, I mean, it could be wild where this could go. There's a lot of different, uh, opportunities for this. Anything from one idea I've heard talk of is serialization of, of trusses. So think of an any one job, like let's just say it's a 30 by 40 shop that uh, is going to have 19 common trusses, two gable ends. And if you wanted to know what the 10th truss was, it's going to have its unique ID compared to all of the other trusses in that, that stack. If you were to inspect that and have it serialized, essentially like a lot of other industries do with different pieces of equipment or computers or anything that has a serial number. Think about the QC that you could line up with that truss. Say, you know, heaven forbid there's there's an accident that it was a DIY person installing those trusses and they have a collapse and 
you know, of course, his homeowner's insurance is probably going to get involved. A lot of different people are going to get involved, that, assuming he's safe and, you know, just trying to recoup the, the cost of the, the materials and trying to figure out what to do there. They might say, well, he stepped on that joint and it failed and you built bad trusses and this guy is the first hand experience and he's here to talk about it. Well, if you have that joint in your database, you pull it up and you say, you know, actually we QC'd that, that specific truss on that specific joint and here's the photo of it. You know, it was great when it left our shop. What happened between, and not necessarily saying that he doesn't know what he's talking about, but between leaving the component manufacturer's facility and it being on top of that roof or on top of those walls right before it failed, something happened. Well, one thing it does is it takes the component manufacturer out of that responsibility or that's the idea behind it. So that's one potential, you know, down the line and and it's going to give us the opportunity to go there if we so choose. And that's really going to be up to the component manufacturers and say, oh, wow, that that would be great to have or nah, we don't need that. Let's do something else or here's a better idea. And there's probably going to be a dozen better ideas and that come out of what is potentially the capabilities of of this program. Sure. Okay. So then I have a question. I'm maybe playing devil's advocate a little bit, but I mean, what we're talking about, what we've been talking about is making great trusses and, you know, running them through the QC process and having them all be great. What happens if I make a trust and it's not great and it fails through the digital QC software and then you've got a record of that just sort of laying around and then something bad happens? Like there must be a way that we could protect ourselves from that, right? Well, I guess first and foremost, if people are going to build bad trusses, there's, you know, you've got to improve those steps. Um, and, and QC is meant to identify bad trusses. It's not to, to verify that you build good trusses. It's try to weed out those bad eggs, if you will. So what can happen there is the feedback loop on digital QC is a lot tighter. Now imagine if the plate was out of the uh, the polygon or if it was rotated out of compliance or something, you're going to have to go back inside and you're going to have to essentially redesign that truss or, you know, it's a lot longer cycle time to figure out what to do with it with the manual process or with the traditional approach. Digital QC allows you to really close that down is okay will this work? Yes, it works. Great. You know, it reported a failure, but it really wasn't a failure. You know, I don't know how many of those instances are going to be, but if there is a failure and you got to do something about it, it makes that decision process a lot quicker to where, let's say Tony out in the, the shop, once you're inside trying to figure out what to do with it, he's like, oh, he's done with it. You know, and there's a little bit of communication leg there. He bands him up, they put him on the truck and you know, the customer was really adamant that they get him as quickly as possible. Now all of a sudden your trust is out in the field, you know, that's the idea is to try to narrow that window of figure out what to do with it. And digital QC gives you that feedback loop, you know, in a little more concise and more straightforward manner. So, you know, hopefully you are catching all of the mistakes that you make. You want to catch them because you don't want them to get out in the field for your customer to, to find and you have to do a repair. And then, you know, really there's a there's a problem, you know, with the, the bad PR that that brings that, oh, man, these trusses, they're just terrible and, you know, word of mouth, all of that. So really digital QC fights that on two fronts. One is a quicker feedback loop. And then two, you're inspecting more joints. You're more likely to catch them. And that's what you want while it's still in your control and it's still in your plant. You can figure out what to do and and move forward in a more concise format that way. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it seems to me like based on what you're telling me, this is a really great way for a component manufacturer to have sort of that insurance policy that they are putting good products out into the field and then having the records to show that that is actually the case. Um, I guess that kind of makes me feel like, you know, let's say I'm interested in joining. Is it hard? I mean, do I have to do a bunch of stuff to get 
started with digital QC? Do I need to talk with my plate supplier and like, you know, get them in, on board and like the software stuff? And like, how do I get this all to come together without um, having to do a bunch of stuff? Is it is it hard? No, not really. I, I, you know, I know a lot of people in the component manufacturing industry, their first, uh, first move on a lot of different things is to contact their plate supplier. This is one of them that they don't need to really, they need to talk to SBCA and probably Evan Protexter on SBCA staff. He's done a great job of, you know, kind of managing this program from the component manufacturer interfacing side of it. Um, there's obviously a whole programming side of it too, that Evan dialogues with um, Joe Shower kind of heads that up and he's done a great job of building the digital QC platform from the ground up. But Evan's going to be the first person to talk to and he's going to have a few questions, get an understanding of your facility, what your wants are, what your needs are from a digital QC platform. Make sure that's the right fit, which, you know, that's kind of how we're building it is, is to be the right fit for most component manufacturers. And at that point, he'll talk through, you know, your software, which I believe we're interfacing with most of the softwares right now. I don't, I can't think of one that we're not um, just to kind of address that feature of it, but there's a few workarounds right now. It's still in the early on kind of beta stages and it might not be one of those things that it can happen overnight. It's going to have to be, I, I think Evan has a, a bit of a wait list going on right now, just to make sure that we're addressing some of the bugs that come up through the beta test and, you know, to make sure that when it is rolled out formally in a primetime way that, you know, a lot of those bugs that are consistent amongst different manufacturers can be addressed. So really the first call should be talking to Evan Protexter or really anybody that has anything to do with the digital QC team. Um, you know, the team members, I've just happened to have them here in front of me. Molly, you're on that team, as well as uh, Sean Holmes, Ashley Stroder, Ashley Widmer, Jay Edgar, myself, and of course, Evan and Joe are, are heading it up. So any of those individuals can help out with that or, you know, just talk to anybody on staff and they'll get you in touch with the right people really quick. Cool. Yeah. I've, I've actually talked a little bit with Evan myself and it sounds like the onboarding process is pretty simple. I think um, last time I checked was, what do we got about 40 or 50 members that are signed up for it right now? Maybe it's more than that. That was uh, maybe last week that I got that number. So by the time this finally airs, it could be even more. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And that's kind of the hard, you know, point in time versus the transition between when this will be released and people are actually hearing about it. So, you know, it's gone really fast over the probably the last two, two and a half months, and it's really gained a lot of steam. And with that, we're working with different uh, TPI plate supplier, software supplier companies to try to streamline some of those front end things to make it more efficient. So hopefully by the time people are listening to this, all of that has been taken care of and we've got, you know, one file format to integrate from all of the different suppliers to really make Joe's life easier and, and by default Evans to where it's easier to bring people on board and a lot of the questions are the same so that once he's able to address one, he can address many, you know, with a FAQ type feature on the website or even within the tablet. Yeah, last time I chatted with Evan, it sounded like he was doing some small group learning sessions, um, you know, through like GoToWebinar, GoToMeeting to address questions that people were having. So it'll be interesting to hear what, what folks have uh, started learning about the program and what, you know, if there are some things that they need some help with. And we can, you know, certainly share that with the whole group so that everyone can have the same help. I think that will be, uh, I think a good FAQ page slash help center will be a great thing. Um, although based on my limited experiences with it, it's a really simple, really approachable program. So I'm pretty excited about what this means for the component manufacturing industry. 
Yeah, we understand that there's people out there that are, you know, point and click and just a little bit more tech advanced than that. But I think it's going to be able to be used by anybody in a component manufacturing operation. The complexity of the digital QC program versus the automated saws, the laser jigging, right down to the design software. This is going to be a pretty, pretty easy one for people to adopt if they're able to work in other areas of component manufacturing operation. Yeah, for sure. Is there anything else that you think we should cover on digital QC or implant QC before we move on to some of the quality assurance topics? You know, I think we did a pretty good job of, you know, going over it. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be other questions that people can reach out for. And obviously that's what SBCA staff is here for is to, to answer questions. So hopefully we addressed them all, but if, if not, let us know and nothing like a good stat boy out there to, to let us know that we messed up. So feel free to, to reach out and let us know. <laughs> That's for sure. Hey, I love some good. I love some good statistics and some good stuff out there. So I'm I'm game. Um, all right. Well, then let's talk a little bit more about quality assurance and third party inspections and um, sort of a better understanding of what all of that means. Um, you started by talking about how third party inspections replace what the building code would allow for as far as having a building inspector come into your plant, which seems really intense to think about having a building inspector come in and look at your stuff in your plant. That seems really um, like a lot. But um, let's talk a little bit more about sort of how a third party inspection complies with the IRC and IBC building code requirements. Yeah, so really it's been written within the codes that the building inspectors, the inspection departments, building departments are able to look at component manufacturers' operations to make sure that, you know, instead of a special inspection on site, it's an inspection of how the process and how trusses are manufactured. And quality assurance, any quality assurance program operates as an alternative to that. And really, you know, I'm, I'm not saying don't allow building inspectors into your component manufacturing operations. You should probably invite them out for a plant tour just to build some goodwill and for them to understand your processes. But it's not something that they want to do regularly every few months. They would rather receive a piece of paper or letter or basically a good standing report from your third-party accredited quality assurance program than have to go out, you know, take them away from what they have on their to-do list. So that's where they you know, SBCRI quality assurance program comes in. It provides that good standing report if the building inspectors request it. Now, there's some jurisdictions that probably have never requested the report, and there's others that probably request it monthly, you know, and, and that requires a different inspection schedule than what traditionally happens. Traditionally, it's, you know, every three months, every quarter that a uh, SBCRI or any other companies, a QA inspector, would inspect the different uh, aspects of the QC program for a component manufacturer. So with that, there's you know a couple different ways around it, or I don't want to really say that it's around it, but it satisfies what the building code is looking for trusses and how they're manufactured. So does SBCRI need to be like accredited or have some sort of accreditation to do the inspections? Yeah, it does. Um, and I'm not as familiar with that, but I know that it's accredited by ANAP. SBCRI, when you think of all of what SBCRI does, it does testing, it writes research reports, it does the quality assurance program. There's a lot of different accreditations and a lot of different requirements there. And that was really what made the most sense for SBCRI to kind of host that QA program because it already had all of these things in place, you know, or it was familiar with how to, you know, achieve those accreditations. So that's where it kind of went into that silo for that. So, you know, obviously it needs to be, it's not like 
I can just be, hey, I'm Joe Blow. I'm here to, you know, produce a QA report for you. I'm off the street and I don't know anybody or, you know, know anything about trusses, but I'm a third party. I can make sure that you're doing everything the way you say you are. So, you know, it isn't just that simple. There's a lot of things that in the background that, that go into it, but SBCRI checks all those boxes for sure. Gotcha. So, I mean, I think it's still timely for us to be talking about sort of what COVID-19 has done. And I, it sounded to me like recently, uh, very recently, SBCRI went from doing in-person inspections to doing their inspections like, you know, online or via video chat. Like, is that legit for them to do? And can you tell me a little bit more about, you know, that process? Yeah, that's one of those situations that the Trustplate Institute always had in-plant QA inspections, you know, and that was just the way it had always been done. And it wasn't that, you know, it was the right way or the only way or, you know, the wrong way necessarily. It was just really the only way it had been done. And people, you know, they get a little bit uprooted when anytime there's a little bit of change. Um, and obviously COVID-19 has produced a lot of change. And it made sense to, you know, instead of having inspectors go from plant to plant to plant, basically coming in contact, if you think of that from a contact tracing point of view, which is one of those buzzwords that have come out of the COVID-19 situation, you could have one inspector really in touch with many different component manufacturer employees across the region. And that's why, you know, a lot of component manufacturers no longer or during that time we're accepting visitors. Now, I don't know where the inspector would stand as far as being an employee or a visitor. It's probably somewhere in between there and you'd probably let them in just to make sure that they were checking the boxes that they needed to. But really what SBCRI looked at is we can still do all of the tasks that somebody that, you know, boots on the ground, if you will, we can do that remote. Technology allows us to see everything that an individual in the plant can see. They can direct people carrying a camera or a webcam or a phone or a computer or a tablet. There's all kinds of different ways to, to look around a building now and at a component manufacturing operation. So that was really the kind of the genesis of that is let's look at technology and let's make this more efficient. And instead of it just being, okay, and you know, my inspector, when I had a component manufacturing operation, he would probably try to drive anywhere from six to 700 miles a day, if not more, and hit three or four plants. And obviously I'm in an area that was kind of rural and, you know, away from everything else. So he was trying to do as many inspections as he could based on how he was compensated. And there was a lot of windshield time in there. So really, you know, when you're reimagining a lot of these things, it's like, well, what if we were to spend more time with the component manufacturer, and it, you know, it might be on the end of a webcam or, you know, whatever technology allows. And obviously we're all familiar with GoToMeeting and Zoom meetings and, and that now it's almost become normal for that to happen. So it makes it a lot more efficient for the inspector's time. And they're able to spend more time instead of driving to and from these plants. They can really dig into an issue or, you know, if the QC people at a component manufacturing operation or even the component manufacturer's management team, if they've got questions, they're able to utilize that inspector as a better resource as opposed to the person that's just trying to get in and get out and, and move on. And obviously, SBCRI will still allow in-planned inspections to happen. It's just, you know, it really comes up to the component manufacturer and what they want to pay for and what they're willing to do and what their preference is. I've written some handwritten notes here in the last few weeks, and, you know, it, it's much easier to send an email. And it's kind of that same concept uh, back and forth that way, so... Yeah, that, that is so true. You know, um, just as a little bit of a side note, but along the same vein, I had a telemed, my first telemed doctor's appointment today, um, you know, just a checkup, but I did, I felt like my doctor spent way more time 
talking with me because she wasn't racing off to the next place, the next person. So I actually think the video visit is more helpful than being in the office. I got more questions answered in probably a shorter amount of time. And she was sitting at her computer and able to look some things up that I was asking about while we were talking. So I can see some real benefit to you know, not having that windshield time and instead spending that time with a component manufacturer looking at the operation and seeing where some changes could get made to make things better. So I guess the question is, you said that, you know, most of these things are based on things in IRC or IBC, you know, one of the codes. They don't say that you need to have someone come in person, right? Like it doesn't, does it not matter? No, no, it, they don't. Um, you know, and I guess that, I don't know if it was an oversight or if that, you know, if the same task is being completed, you know, the manner in which it's completed is kind of secondary. So, no, the IRC or IBC doesn't state that, you know, it has to be in person or the person has to be wearing brown shoes or, or anything like that. It, uh, it really leaves it open, which is nice because where there's a better technological solution, you know, you should be able to employ that to where it makes it more efficient. And, you know, ultimately, I, I think we're going to look back on this in, in four or five years and think, wow, what were we doing all those years with those people racing around the country trying to get into as many component manufacturing operations as they could and, and really look at it as, you know, this is a better way. This it just makes sense. You know, it's not like we're designing trusses with protractors and side rolls anymore. We're using computers and we're using technology to make this industry so much better. Yeah. I'll say I had the opportunity to tag along as I was learning about digital QC and some other things about component manufacturing. And I witnessed a third party inspection. And you're right. I mean, certainly it was thorough, but I feel like more time could have gotten spent if the time hadn't been spent driving between plants, which can be a pretty good distance apart, depending on what part of the country you're in. Even if you are in a part of the country where, you know, people are close together, it's still a lot of still a lot of drive time so yeah. well yeah it might not be many miles but it could be a lot of minutes with traffic i mean <laughs> that's true <laughs> so all right that brings me to one of the questions that's really kind of been burning lately and that is i mean you know sbca and sbcri it seems like you know are they kind of one and the same thing i mean isn't sbcri kind of like having trust manufacturers inspect themselves like that's a little awkward well, yeah, it, it is, you know, I guess it's kind of where we started this conversation, but a single component manufacturer should be inspecting themselves. That's your QC program. That is you yourself making sure that you're looking at your product as it goes out the door and aligned with those frequencies as lined out in your QC manual. Now, a QA program by SBCRI, which has affiliations with SBCA, now, for anybody to think that that's component manufacturers inspecting themselves, really, there's a couple different things there. One, you know, people's integrity. Now, I couldn't imagine the component manufacturer that would say, oh, well, you're affiliated with my trade association, which I pay dues to. I want you to pass me on this inspection or to, you know, any kind of funny business right there. It just goes against, you know, I think what most people in this industry are pretty stand up people. It goes against almost every fiber in, in their body to suggest that that is something that could happen. Um, I think that's one of those areas that really, if you're even asking that question, you should probably look at where your frame of reference is. Uh, SPCA, you know, is a group of all component manufacturers or as many as that want to be members. It's hundreds of them. And they all want what's best for the industry. So if people are building bad trusses, I think the SPCA and as an extension of that SPCRI, they would want that to get corrected as quickly as possible. 
Because anytime there's a collapse, we'll, we'll use those examples, or anytime that there's something on the news about trusses, it brings all component manufacturers down. So I can't imagine anybody that's better suited to want to raise up the standing of trusses than SBCA and SBCRI and component manufacturers. So hopefully that kind of addresses that because it, it really is one of those questions that people like to infer. Or they like to, to bring that out. Well, even if somebody's my competitor, I want them to be building good trusses because the moment we're putting bad trusses out in the industry, it's going to make us all look bad. So really, it's a way to build us up as opposed to you know, tear one down. So, you know, hopefully that helps address that question. But I think from that premise is kind of a, a bad question. And then after that, you know, really there's things in firewalls and, you know, things in place with SBCRI in the, the silo there, if you will, for, you know, the staff that they're going to be looking at doing their jobs and they want to make sure that they're maintaining their accreditation. Because if that starts happening, that's going to be the first thing that goes. That accreditation agency figures out, oh, well, these guys are just, you know, rubber stamping these inspections. They're going to, you know, once they catch wind of that, that's going to be a problem. And then, it, you know, SBCRI jeopardizes that portion of their business. And, and that isn't going to work out long term either. So really for, for component manufacturers to be inspecting themselves, I guess, hopefully they are inspecting their own product. And then to, you know, any of the associations that they're related to, hopefully, you know, they can understand that there's a high degree of integrity as well as the accreditation. And then, you know, I know myself, whenever I go to a job site, I'm looking at the trusses and the quality. So I'm kind of inspecting my competitor's product anyway, or any, even if they're not a competitor, I can tell good trusses from bad. And I'm going to say, hey, that's a plate that, you know, you might want to look at the embedment or the rotation or, or something there. Um, we want what's best for the industry. And if you spend any time participating with SBCA at all and the sharing of information and competitors in some instances and people that are across the country, not necessarily competitors, but both component manufacturers are trying to build everybody up, trying to build each other up. So hopefully, you know, those questions can be put to bed because really when you step back and look at where they're coming from, that's a kind of a, a bad perspective. And hopefully that they can engage and really figure out and, you know, understand where everybody from component manufacturers who are members of SBCA, the SBCA staff and everybody, the leadership and the, the board of directors, what they're about. And then also SBCRI and what it's about as a, a facility and testing and the QA and all the other things that it does. Well, thank you for answering that question. I know it was a tough one and I, I threw it at you for that reason. Um, I think, you know, people like to talk and I think it's important to address even some of the hard things that people want to talk about. But I do think it's pretty clear that QC and QA, while tied together intrinsically as processes, are really, really separated things. You know, QC being the component manufacturer's job in their plant, QA coming from an independent third party like SBCRI, and seeing that Certainly, they're going to shake hands. Well, probably they shouldn't shake hands right now. But generally, <laughs> they're going to work together, but they are very separate processes, uh, one performed by the component manufacturer and one by someone else. And it, it does seem like SBCA and SBCRI staff are very separate groups as well, based on what you described before. I know you said Evan and Joe and even you and I could be contacted for the SBCA, digital QC sorts of things. Who are the folks on the um, SBCRI side that people should think about getting in contact with if they have any questions or if they want to sign up or if they aren't sure what their standing is or they need a letter. Yeah. And as proof of uh, kind of the silo in effect, um, I had to look up the, the names as you were oh. talking there. And 
and it's uh, you know, I know Keith Hershey is is one of them. He uh, does a lot of work with SPCRI. He'd be a great contact, as well as John Arney, and then Dave Borud. Um, so any one of those three, and then they've got you know probably another I don't know ten or twelve people within that that group working on on those types of things as well. But I would start with John, Dave, or, or Keith, and any one of those are going to be great people to kind of get you kicked off and, and looking at SBCRI and signed up with the QA program and understand what it's about and really kind of aligning it to what your company's goals are. And, you know, hopefully we can meet those needs as SBCRI as you need them. Absolutely. Well, that certainly helps me understand some of those processes a little bit better. Is there anything else that, that you've been thinking about as I've been sort of grilling you and run, running you over the coals <laughs> today, Jess, uh, but maybe anything else that you wanted to mention before we sign off here? You know, it kind of goes back to how we started and, you know, component manufacturers just want this to work and they don't want problem because they've got a million other problems and hopefully QC or QA isn't one of them. Um, but if it is, or you want to learn more, feel free to reach out and we can, you know, have as many conversations as it takes. And honestly, from my perspective as a component manufacturer, former component manufacturer, you know, it took me a while. I'm like, man, I know I build good trusses. You know, why do I need this guy to tell me that I am? I already know it. Well, think of it as proven what you already know. We'll take as many phone calls as we need to. We'll walk through this as many times as, as we need to because it is confusing. It isn't straightforward right out of the gate. And, you know, for a lot of years, it was kind of left to be that way about a fault, I think, as well. So so feel free to reach out to SBCRI or SBCA and ask any of the questions. Come to the meetings. We're talking about it all the time. And, you know, despite QC kind of being one of those things that might not be the most thrilling or most riveting subject, once you dig into it, it kind of kind of is. So feel free to come join us and, and talk about it and get you set up. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, yeah, I think it is pretty riveting kind of at the end of the day. And the new digital QC program is really exciting. So I'm looking forward to seeing lots of folks get on board with that and, and see how much uh, faster and easier that whole process can be. And also see what they're going to learn from having more data points. So, um, yeah. Well, Jess, I really appreciate the conversation today. And as you very uh, um, importantly pointed out, we can continue to have these conversations and answer questions that we're hearing in the marketplace, um, answer concerns, talk about the various things that, that people are saying and how it's going and how people are utilizing both the new digital QC program and also as they're working with their inspectors via video chatting or whatever, you know, certainly we'll have a few bumps in the road, but I think this is a great place for us to be able to to talk through those and, and get some answers into the market in a way that allows us the time and, and effort to go into a little bit more detail than we can on paper, so to speak. So I think with that in mind, we'll wrap up today's conversation. But again, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk uh, with you today about QC and QA. And I look forward to doing this again sometime. Yeah, thanks, Molly. Great questions. And, and thanks for taking the time to, to be part of it. Awesome. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to SBCA's podcast, Component Connection. We are committed to bringing you a variety of information via this podcast. Please email your feedback or suggestions for future topics to podcast at sbcindustry.com.